Dude, the wild card series, I don't give a shit who's playing in them. Those are going to be some of the wildest series that we've probably ever seen in, in playoff baseball. A series of three for the wild card spot? Like, that's going to be insane. They're going to beat the, those teams are going to beat the hell out of each other, man. Shit out of each other. <laughs> in a three game series to get to the I hope, And I hope they go, I hope it goes three. Use everyone. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Dez1, and of course at Apollo HOU. We are ticking down time until we get to October. And Framber Valdez pitched last night as we record this on Monday. He threw on Sunday. And he dealt once again for his 25th straight quality start. That is a major league record. He improves to 16-5 and five on the season. And Dez, that's where we kick off this episode. Man, he last I think last week or week prior on one of our episodes here on Beyond the Diamond, we talked about is he going to get uh, some considerations for the Cy Young? Is he going to get Cy Young votes for like second, third, fourth, fifth place, whatever the case may be? And now, if he continues to pitch well, which I'm sure he will, and continue this quality start streak, he's going to get first and second place votes. And and it very easily, Justin Verlander and Framer Valdez can finish 1-2 like we saw in 2019 when it was Verlander and Garrett Cole. It's crazy to think about. We were just looking at the stats. I'm running out of adjectives to describe what we're seeing from Framer Valdez. Yeah, I mean the dude's the dude's a workhorse. Uh, it almost feels like when is the shoe gonna drop with him, and when is the quality streak you know gonna end? And he just goes out there and gives you six, seven innings and gives you a chance to win a ball game. And tic tac toe, twenty five in a row, new record, all that. It's just incredible. I mean, we literally talked about it. He's doubled his career WAR this year alone. He's now sitting at eight point one career WAR. He's I think four point one on the season. Um, the other f- fact thing is he was, I guess that we did the math. He's 40 and 22 in his career now as a yep. starting pitcher and he's 16 and five this year. So literally he's just went from a average to above average 500 started to an elite arm in the major league baseball. Like, I don't know how else to say that. And it, it feels weird because we've all seen, Framber be the guy who walks seven guys. You're just like, oh, here we go. Like, we're going to have to score nine runs. And now it's just like, hey, settle in. Like, we're going to have six solid innings right here. And um, it's a a great sight to see. Obviously, uh, Framber Valdez loves himself, uh, some Framber Valdez. So that's even cool to see uh, on Instagram. I love his stories after a good start because there's like a thousand lines. And so (laughs) he just reshares everything. Yeah. Uh, but that's what you do when you're ace. And um, it feels like 2019 all over again. Uh, you have two guys that can go out and win a Cy Young, and uh, we're spoiled. So absolutely phenomenal season, and I think we're going to see some really damn good pitching from him come October. Yeah, you look at you continue to look at his stats. He's got a whip of 1.11. Um, he's giving up three walks per nine. That's his second lowest of his career. And then you look at the K's per nine. He's averaging almost nine strikeouts a game. So he's going to get you a lot of uh, a lot of ground balls, but he he can strike out eight, nine, ten. Sometimes we'll see, obviously, jump up into the double digits, 11, 12, whatever the case may be is. But he gets outs, and he just continues to fill it up. 
like I said, he gets ground balls. And, man, I think the most impressive thing during the streak, actually just during this season, is the walk ratio is down. You know, that was always the big question mark with Framber Valdez. And whatever whatever he's got going on when he's at a sports psychologist or therapist or what if they if they sacrificed a live chicken in the dugout, got him uh, or in the clubhouse, got him a bucket of fried chicken or whatever, as as I'm quoting uh, from the movie Major League Two or Major League. Yeah, Major League Two, I think. Um, keep doing it because it's working. The walks are down. I mean, it's like you said, it's phenomenal to see you put him on any other team besides maybe the maybe the uh, the Mets, maybe the Dodgers um, and maybe the Braves. I mean, I can. There's very few teams, but you put him on another team and he's the ace by far. Like there is no questions asked that he would be an ace on any other team besides a few. And he's the number two here in Houston. Yeah. And I, and I think the unique thing too, is like you have a guy that doesn't have to be the dude because Justin Rayland is the dude. And so you can just have Framber go out there and be Framber Valdez and nothing more than that. And I think that's huge. Um, Obviously, things change if Justin Verlander is in a different uniform next year. Obviously, him and Lance are going to be uh, battling for that number one spot. But in in this day and age, when you have an arm, your number two is at a four point one WAR. That's crazy. And and Justin Verlander sitting at a five point one WAR on on Baseball Reference. And so that is that's it's it's pretty. Pretty damn awesome. Um, Christian Javier sitting at a 2-6 war, and he's going to be a Swiss Army knife come playoffs. He can, he's a guy that can bridge a gap or start or or be a high-leverage arm, whatever they're going to use him as. But when you when you start getting in this conversation where your your rotation is just stack stacking war, um, it's 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 a it's a means uh, you may win another World Series. That's what it yeah. means. Listen to these stats that were put up earlier today by MLB Network. Framber Valdez, 25 uh, quality starts. Uh-oh, can you hear that? No, whoops, posted oh. the video. Um, Framber Valdez, 25 quality starts. Uh, Jacob deGrom, 24 quality starts, straight quality starts in 2018. Chris Carpenter with 22 and 05. Bob Gibson, uh, Hall of Famer, in 20, uh, 1968, he had 22. And then uh, you remember Johan Santana? Yeah. 2004, Johan Santana had 21 straight. He was dominant that year for the Twins, the lefty. Um, twins, so, yeah. I mean, listen to those names, man. Valdez, DeGrom, Carpenter, Gibson, Santana. It just conti- We just continue to have so many, so many good things to say about Framber Valdez in this ridiculous season that he has. And if Verlander wasn't in the conversation, I would argue, I could make the argument that he would win the Cy Young. You got McClanahan's pitch well, but he was injured for a little bit. Um, Dylan Cease with the White Sox has pitched well all season. Framber Valdez, in my opinion, is is going to get some Cy Young votes at rightfully so. And if you take Verlander out of the conversation, your your Cy Young is Framber Valdez. Like, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, the, the things that just stick out to me in my fandom is the Carlos Correa ash chewing a Framber Valdez in the CS in the, in the COVID year. Yeah. Where, where Correa was just laying into him and, and everyone like, obviously everyone on the internet was like, Oh, look at Correa, the leader, blah, 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 blah. But 
what I saw was a, a guy that could take criticism on the mound like that. Like there's a lot of guys that would um, not respond the way Framber did one in that game, but two after that. But I feel like that was just a jump start of his career. Like from that moment on, it's been a completely different Framber Valdez. And that's a lot of with Dusty Baker treating him like a, a 1995 true ace where he's like, I'm going to throw this guy 500 innings this year. And, and you have a guy that, you know, took his mental health and went to a mental performance coach and, and took it very seriously and it trans, transformed him into an all-star. So um, that moment just stands out to me forever. Uh, and it's not for what Carlos Correa did. It was more of just how Fraber one, took the ass chewing, but two, just built off that. There's a lot of people that don't build off that. And so um, I, I'm pumped to see him come October because that's like the next big thing for him, right? Like, yes, he had the game against the Red Sox where he where he he won the big the biggest swing game. I was there. He was he was dominant. And you know, some other starts throughout October weren't. If he strings together a solid October, the Astros win a World Series. Like it's not it it's not reliant on Framber Valdez, but if he shows up and shows out, series get really short and really tight um when you're trying out of Verlander and Framber Valdez. Yeah, it's funny you bring up that ass chewing that Carlos Correa gave to Framber back in the what was it the what did you say the AL ALCS the CS in twenty yeah in twenty twenty so you look at it, Framber Valdez is uh, twenty eight years old so that was what two years ago so he's barely twenty six years old only been in the league a couple of years that's a young Framber Valdez and to take that criticism right there on the mound and to implement it into his really that that same at that next at bat or whatever it was he ends up getting a ground ball double play they get out of the inning but for him to be able to take that in stride and really use it to his advantage is is kudos to him like really because some some people don't respond to that very well and i'm sure your college head coach ripped your ass just like my college coach ripped my ass and i know me personally um if a captain or a senior or a teammate or even your your head coach or assistant coach rips your ass like that, like I personally loved it. It pushes you. It, it motivates you. Some, especially a young guy in their career, might not take it that well. And Framber Valdez really did. And then it's, uh, it, it's crazy that you look at that particular moment in his career and then this guy, Sean, at Sean underscore Spradley on Twitter, tweeted out some stats since – that outing since that ass chewing Frambers had a 2.81 ERA, a 1.17 whip, 301 strikeouts. I don't even know what the hell uh, a lowercase r war is. Do you know what that means or what the hell that is? Say it again. What is it? The it's a lowercase r war. I, I yeah, there's it depends where you get it. Like B war is baseball reference war. I don't remember what our war is okay, but it's, well, he's it's a, wherever you grab the your war stats from okay so he's That's got a 6.6 6, gotcha he's got a 6.6 6, uh lowercase r war and then a 27 11 record and obviously he's got the 25 straight this season but since then he's had 40 quality starts so really i mean if, if you think about it like that kind of jump started the uh, transition into a uh, dude if you will so it's a really really uh impressive streak this season and I think what we've seen from him, you obviously want that in the playoffs, but I think that's really the test is when we get into October, what frame are we going to see? If we see what we're seeing now, good luck trying to get wins against the Astros in games one or two. And that's yeah, no I, disrespect to the rest of the rotation either. 
And I, I think a big thing that people really aren't talking about, and and I started I started the movement like this is not your your Verlander Cole of nineteen, but it's pretty damn close. But having a guy like Framber Valdez follow up Justin Verlander is different, and it's different because obviously the right-handed, left-handed stuff. I can hear the people chirping on Twitter and YouTube. They're really left it. Yes, obviously that. But Framber has that sinker. He has that curveball. And he'll even drop that slider and change the slot on you. But when it was JV Cole, it was just, here's 99, here's 100, and fastball's up in the zone. And if I'm seeing them over a seven-game series, that's four starts, those back in, you can start getting your foot down and start cheating a little bit. And we saw it with Cole. We saw it with, with Verlander. But when you have a guy following up the high 98-99 with heavy sinkers down and that Uncle Charlie, it changes the complexion uh, of batters, right? Yeah. And so I don't think a lot of people are talking about that right now. And 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 not to – look, Cole and JV in 19 were absolutely fucking dominant. And look – the Nats put some good swings on 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 some really high fastballs, but when you go from high ninety nine to hitting, uh, trying to hit Framber's sinker, and all you can do is bury it in the dirt, it's different. And now it's it changes it changes the series completely. And I think that's why this team is built to win in October, even more than they have in the years past, because anytime you're facing a heavy sinker ball pitcher, it's like hitting a tire, like. Yeah. Go outside, grab a tire, and hit it. And that's what's like trying to hit a sinker. You just—that's uh, the only way I can explain it. It—it's it, so dumb. Like if you throw a heavy ass sinker, it's like hitting a tire. Like it—I don't know how players do it in the show because yeah. I guess that's what the show. But it's not your—it's not going to be ninety-nine up in the zone for two straight two straight games anymore. Yeah, I, I think the man facing a lefty with stuff like Framber. Like, Dude, I'm taking a sick day, like, bro. Like looking at looking at a 92 mile an hour sinker, and it's running away from you if you're a right hander, and then you got to look at his changeup that's coming in at like 88. There are those times when you're at the plate and you can have an idea and a good approach at the plate and really know what they're about to throw. You barrel something up and it feels good, and then you look up and it's going right to the second baseman. It's a hard ground ball for and out, and you're like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do?" You can't elevate anything, and you just have to hope for a mistake. And then there's those changeups that come floating in, and then at the last second they just dive away from you, and you're just like, dude, at that, that point it's like you tip your cap, you take your fucking licks, you go back to the dugout, and you think, yeah, he's he's that guy. He's just that good. And, and that is, there's nothing else you could do about it. It's the shittiest feeling in the world, like the worst. And they can throw it anywhere. It could be middle, middle. Right. It right. could be middle, middle, and you're just like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with this. Like, yeah, you're almost hoping he hangs a, a curveball or cutter because you're just yeah. gonna bury the sinker in the ground. Um, right, back foot sinker that looks fat as shit when it comes out of the hand, and then out of nowhere it just dives off the table like it's the most frustrating thing in the world. So I have yeah. a Statcast data up. Um, big Statcast guy. Big Statcast guy. Okay. Listen to this. How how many times do you think this season? Do you think? Framber's thrown his sinker. How many times this season? 
Like percentage wise or percentage just wise, yeah, percentage wise. Out of a hundred, how many times did you throw in a sinker? Man, is it can you is it above fifty? You're close. It's 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 close. You're in the you're in the right oh. neighborhood. Yeah, I was gonna say my I'm thinking a little bit below fifty percent. Oh, you're on it. You're hot. Is it? It's like forty eight percent. Wow, you pulled it, it up. No, I didn't. It's I really forty eight point three percent of the time. Yeah, he is throwing the sinker. Twenty eight point two percent of the time he's throwing the curveball. Ten percent the cutter. Nine point five the changeup, and three point nine percent on the four seam fastball. He's only thrown the four seam fastball a hundred and seven times this year. Yeah, where he's thrown the like, sinker thirteen hundred times. Yeah, guys like him like ditch the four seam. Yeah. Fuck the four seam. You don't have to. You know, righties, hard throwing righties have come to the Astros, and the pitching staff has said, "Hey, we're gonna ditch your two seam, and we're just gonna focus on the four seam." For Framber, dude, just don't throw even sinker. Yeah, just throw a sinker. <laughs> throw a sinker. Okay. I don't even want to see the four seam. There's no yeah. point. Crazy. Yeah. All right, let's look ahead to the Tampa Bay Rays. Houston is in Tampa Bay, or it's actually St. Petersburg, is where Tropicana Field is. Uh, have you ever been before? You even digging into that? Have you ever been to the Trop? I haven't. I haven't taken the bridge over into uh, St. Pete's. Yeah, it's it's a dump. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, don't, I I don't understand how like like stadiums like the Tro- Tropicana Field and the location that they're in, and then you look at teams like the Oakland Athletics, and even when they were good, just a couple of years ago, they still couldn't fill that damn stadium. Like it's a travesty, man. It really is. Like in Major League Baseball, like for guys to go and play in front of like 6,000 fans, whether they're good or not. And Tampa Bay has been good, like a handful of not more than that. Like they've been a consistent playoff team in the last five, six, seven, eight years, whatever the case is. And they can't, they can barely sell out the damn place. It sucks, man. It really does. But um, the Astros are in St. Petersburg to take on the Rays. They play tonight, which is Monday. Um, what do you expect out of this, out of this season? Because as it, or not out of this season, out of this series, because, if the playoffs started today, it would be what the Rays taking on the Blue Jays in the wild card series, and then they would play the Astros. So, yeah. playoff matchup preview pretty much for tonight and for the rest of the week, or not the rest of the week, but the next couple of days. Yeah, I think we saw a little bit of uh, the game within the game. Uh, the Astros moved up Framber from tonight to Sunday. And that means Justin Verlander, Frambois Valdez will not be seen by the Tampa Bay hitters, uh, probably all the way until game one of the DS. So that's just the game, you know, and, and the Astros are going to be able to see their one, two, three. So I think that's huge. I think that's a huge thing. Just, hey, getting at bats, getting um, eyeballs on, on all their high leverage guys, getting at bats against all these people because the Rays are still fighting for a playoff spot where the Astros are literally sitting at a magic number one. Uh, they win uh, one. They win the West. If Seattle loses, uh, the West is already won. So I think that's a huge thing that no one um, – knowing that these guys love uh, the data on, on how they're facing, that the Tampa Bay is playing to win the game. And so they're going to use their high leverage arms. They're going to – throw the kitchen sink at them. That's only going to make us better in October. So uh, really interested to see how the offense shakes out, uh, especially at the trop. You're going to have to create your own juice, create your own energy, and a lot of coach talk there. But that's just part of the game when you play uh, against Tampa. But also, Jose Siri is probably going to revenge home run off us and bat flip into the bay. 100% he is. 
there is absolutely no shot that happens. There, Jose Siri is hitting a home run this series. No, he's not. Ho, yes, how is he not? He may strike out 50 times, but he's going to get one. He's going to run into one. That's not happening. It There's is. No Revenge Jose Siri, no. dude. And it's going to be a blowout game, and it's going to be a solo shot, and he's going to pimp the hell out of it. So you mean it's going to be like a garbage time home run? Oh, 100%. It'll be like 11 nothing. Astros yeah. are winning, and he hits yeah. an absolute tank to make it 11 to 1, and then he pimps the shit out of it. That's what, that's what you're calling right now. That's what I'm calling. Okay. it's a, it's a I like it, but it's not going to happen, I don't think. Hey, how about that, dude? The wild card series, I don't give a shit who's playing in them. Those are going to be some of the wildest series that we've probably ever seen in, in playoff baseball. A series of three for the wild card spot? Like, that's going to be insane. Yeah, that's going to be good baseball. They're gonna beat this. Those teams are gonna beat the hell out of each other, beat man. The shit out of each other <laughs> in a three-game series to get to the. I hope, and I hope they go. I hope it goes three. Use it's everyone. Gonna, both those use are everyone. Go three. Dude, <laughs> the National League, like the National League, is gonna beat up on each other so much. Like th those teams over there are. I mean, that's the superior league or series. Uh, damn, dude, I can't talk today. Um, it is the superior league out of Major League Baseball. The National League has the best teams in those those series for the uh, wild card and then the DS, a three-game series, a five-game series. Like, those are going to be some nasty-ass games. They are going to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Um, look, the Astros just take care of business. Right. The, the, the schedule, like, the playoff schedule – the way it lays out couldn't be more Perfect. well suited. I like <laughs> baseball is baseball is crazy and you, you have to collect all the outs and you just can't sit on the clock and all that. But like the American league is, is down. Uh, the NL, like you said, is, is the better, better league, but they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Like if you just handle business, just let everyone else beat up on each other. And, and you could just sit there and obviously a world series against any, anyone on the NL side is going to be a, a dogfight, but you can really, you could, I don't know, just handle business. It's just, right. just handle business. Just take care of business. God, just, just, just get there. Just and get then there. after that, just get there. Anything can happen. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. All right, we got uh, our weekly award. It's the it's the dog of the week. Who we got this week? Who we got? Who we got? I'm I'm really waiting for this damn award to catch fire. I know. Um, our award winners so far have been Hunter Brown, have been Kyle Tucker. So who are we giving it to? Yeah, um, the third inaugural dog of the week. I think inaugural. we got to get that whole. We got to get that whole thing figured. Is it inaugural? Is it annual? Yeah, no, weekly? Inaugural. I mean, it's weekly. It's inaugural. Okay. Uh, goes to my son, your Don Alvarez, dog of the week, for having a ridiculous. And look, it, my son won the award. I didn't. Let me preface with that. Uh huh. But we meet. We finally meet, and not only does he have a week that is absolutely insane, but he wins Dog of the Week. Hey, and is, is it is it because of me and Colin? It might be. 
It hey, might be. Josh. Uh, Josh, are you there? Camera producer, two? Producer, camera two? No. No camera no, two. No, he's not there. Well, I was going to say, if we can get the picture pulled up of Jordan, Apollo Dez, and Colin Spaceman, where they're at the event, we could put it right here. Right there. Right here. Just drop it in. Right, right there. Producer Josh, you got that? Just drop that photo right in. Okay, I guess. Uh, dude, so yeah, that's, had... that's the that's the picture you're talking about. Yes, that picture. Uh, five home runs, four doubles, ten RBIs, a one point eight three six OPS, batted five twenty. Uh, I mean, just absolutely I think, incredible week. I think the hands are okay. Hands are fine. Now, I will say that I would uh, imagine that the front office and Dusty Baker, the training staff, are probably going to all agree to give him a couple of days off here and there. Internet's um, gonna be really upset. Whether who? <laughs> the internet. The internet's gonna be upset. <laughs> oh, should we even address my tweet from Saturday or no? No, no, okay, no. And it wasn't even that bad. Like it was a good tweet. It was a good tweet. Like, like people, people stated their their opinions. Okay, it's fair. Whatever. Um, were you bored? Yeah, hell yeah, I was bored. Okay, like waiting, waiting for college football to get rolling. Um, there was a couple of early games I really wasn't interested in, you know, just waiting for, yeah, just waiting for better games. And then I just was on, on Twitter scrolling through and I saw like a good amount of people complaining about Albert Pujols inching his way closer to 700 home runs. And I was just like, why are we, what do we find any and everything, to, everything to complain about and to bitch about? Like, I get it, man. Albert Pujols was a terror against the Astros for a few years, like 62 career or 63 career home runs against the Astros. I'm not even talking personal, like outside of baseball. I don't I, like, I, there's some things that he did that none of my business. I don't really give a shit about. Like I was specifically talking baseball in baseball history, something that literally might never happen again, ever, ever. And it needs to be celebrated. Like regardless ever. of what you feel hate towards him or whatever it is so i just sent out a tweet and uh my goodness it got a lot of reaction it got a lot of interaction um, uh, luckily no one went personal on me no one called me a fucking idiot or a jackass or said i was ugly or i couldn't read good or you know something like that but um yeah there was a lot of um i wouldn't even say people were upset but they just stated their opinion and i wasn't coming down on anybody like you know like i i would I would come down on people for their overreactions when the roster, or not when the roster, but when the lineup is released daily by the Astros social media team. Like, that's something we can probably say, like, hey, stop. Like, relax. The Astros are the number one seed in the American League, and they're the second best team in baseball right now. Like, that's it. But this pool stuff, man. <laughs> uh, dude, I, I was like, good luck. Yeah, man. You've been, dude, you've how many times have you said, "Man, my mentions are a wreck right now." Like you've tweeted out some stuff that probably gets a lot of interaction, man. And like it, it's again, it wasn't I wasn't coming down on anyone, but look at my God, man! Like from a pure baseball funny. standpoint, you should want Albert Pujols to hit his 700th home run. Like I, I don't care what happened in the past. Like here's here's another thing. Like we always like the the hot conversation is. Pimp jobs, uh, showing emotion on the mound for striking somebody out. And the argument always is, if you don't want to give up a home run and you don't want somebody to pimp it off you, make better pitches. Like, 
you didn't want Albert Pujols to hit that many bombs off of you or off of Houston, make better pitches. And let's take a step back here. Those teams that he played are nothing like what we have now as a fan base. Like, we have way better teams. So, I don't know. Got a lot of interaction. That's fine. People said their their uh, opinions, and, and I'm just glad no one went personal on me. I was kind of kind of shocked that no one called me an idiot or a jackass. Yeah, I I think Poles gets it done. Um, Judge is going to hit 62 bombs. Judge is going to break Maris's record. Pools will get to 700. I, I, someone's in a someone's in a groove with cookie. I don't know if anyone wants to be 700, but it doesn't suck being the guy for like 698 and 699. Right. Like you could be that guy. Right. Uh, the 700 is a different. You're you're a trivia answer for the rest of your life. Right. So, uh, but Judge is definitely going to beat Maris's record. Um, I think he's what one away from Bonds or one away from Babe Ruth's record, and then. One from Mark Maris. So how many? So he's got what fifty nine bombs right now. So yeah, and I think Ruth was at sixty and Maris was at yeah. sixty one. Sixty one. So. Yeah. Hey, you ever seen that movie? Sixty one. Uh, it's been a while. With an asterisk on it. It's awesome. Yeah, poetic. with an asterisk on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always poetic. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. It's poetic. Of course but, it is. But hey, back yeah. back to our dog of the week. We kind of went off on a segment. Yeah, that was a wild segment. Yeah, well, you're, you talked you about... You were sitting the, on that. You are sitting on that pool. No, I completely forgot about it until you said, well, Twitter, the, the internet will be upset if Jordan has a couple of days off. And then it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, Some yeah. people were kind of upset with my with my pools take on, on Saturday, this past Saturday. But, you know, it is what it is. is Got to love interaction. But you know what? Dog of the week, Jordan Alvarez. Third inaugural dog of the week. Is it inaugural? Dude, I don't, I'm rolling with it. People were... What? No. People were chirping about me saying inaugural and not being able to say it, so I'm going to keep saying it every week. We used, we used as a preview video me saying wine farm. I know. And, and, we're, and, and what? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to ask if it's inaugural or not. Like, it is. Yeah, it's inaugural. Okay. It's inaugural. Josh, can you make sure that's up? It's inaugural. Josh? No? Producer Josh? One, two? Yeah. Camera two? We'll figure it out. Unbelievable. We'll figure it out. McClanahan, what do you expect out of him from uh, uh, from Tampa? Dude, the dude can strike out some people. I, yeah, He's filthy. He's pretty fucking filthy. Um, good at bats. I, I hope they – if the game plan is for, for him to come out and, and, and pound the zone with a lot of strikes, then I hope he jump on it. If, if he's kind of eating at the corners and run that pitch count up and – Look, all this data we're going to get from this series, our, the R&D department is going to be able to be Picasso with it. So um, the more extended at-bats, the more eyeballs we get on on their on their pitchers and everything they throw in certain situations, I think our R&D department come playoff time, we're going to have a great game plan if it is a raise that we're playing. Um, so, yeah, this extend at-bats, um, no hero at-bats. The lineup today, uh, the 19th, it, it looks like Dusty's going for it. So, um, yeah, one away from uh, locking the West down officially. Yep. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the magic number. Looking ahead at the rotation for the Tampa Bay series, Luis Garcia versus Rasmussen, um, Javier versus McClanahan, and McCullers Jr. against Corey Kluber. So, you know, they'll see the uh, number one and number two from Tampa Bay. We'll see what uh, Corey Kluber's got in the tank. I think he's like ten and nine on the season. I, at the end of the day, man, like we're talking about, um, we're talking about what's it called? The magic number. 
and it's down to one and you look ahead to the playoffs and we talked about it before we started recording. No one in the American league scares me like at all. Like I know Seattle's playing well. I know Tampa Bay is always going to be there. I know the blue Jays got the young energetic guys and then the Yankees are limp going to be limping into the playoffs. Like just do what you're supposed to take care of business and all roads lead back to the world series. I mean, I know anything can happen in playoff baseball teams can get hot, but when it look, when you look at like, rotations and lineups and and things like that when this offense is clicking on all cylinders which we really haven't seen yet just yet like that's a scary thing and this is a lineup without michael brantley so i just nobody scares me in the american league i i think i think baseball wise the alds scares me right we talked about it CS, the better teams usually win 99% of the time. Um, but looking at the top six teams, I would say crowd-wise that it's going to be just a raucous circus for playoff baseball. Seattle's going to be just they're foaming at the mouth to finally be in the playoffs. Toronto's always loud. I mean, that's going to be rocking. Remember, the, I mean, the Rogers Bautista. Yeah, yeah, the Bautista home run. I mean, against the Rangers. I, I, they yeah. had a damn earthquake. That's how loud that place can get. I'm telling you, Springer leads off with a Springer dinger. That place is going to just erupt. Um, New York, love them or hate them, they always have a really good playoff crowd. Obviously, we, we've gone in there multiple times and silenced it. But as a baseball fan, the Yankees have a really good crowd. Cleveland's not – Cleveland Cleveland has done everything this year not to win and to tank, right. and, and and they just – they're winning the Central. Yeah. And like That's so, how bad That's how bad that Central is. Yeah, uh, and then Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is probably one of the the best baseball team. They're going to have not a great playoff crowd. Nope. Uh, but I think of all the teams, Tampa Bay is probably the best baseball team outside of Houston. Yeah, I would probably – right now, right now, yeah, the Yankees are – I mean, it is what it is with them, I guess. They haven't been playing well. Got a couple of guys. They play uh, – honestly, I'm going to – the Yankees were were left for dead, and they and they looked like they stabilized a bit, obviously, a bit, yeah, yeah, um, to keep their lead the way it is, uh, which is, you know, a hat tip to them. If when Ooh. when you when you blow a, I think it was what seventeen game lead, yeah, um, and it gets down to you know three or four uh, to rise up like that's pretty impressive. But yeah, baseball wise, uh, it's gonna be really interesting. Uh, I think we match up well with a lot of these teams. I think all the teams. Uh, five gamers are just weird. Seven gamers, the best team usually wins. So, yeah, uh, the guys just got to keep their head down and go to work. And uh, I haven't seen anything that says otherwise. Yeah, I'm excited, man. October is just around the corner. So we'll be back in a couple of days after the Rays series. They've got a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so we'll look, could be a pre- uh, playoff preview with these two teams so i'm excited to see what they got against mcclanahan and uh kluber and uh we'll talk to you guys in a couple days you got anything before we get out of here nothing else don't forget dog of the week week. jordan jordan alvarez dude's on fire dude is on fire hey last last note hunter brown hunter brown unavailable out of the bullpen so we'll get to see what the uh what the uh, young kids got out of the bullpen. I'll be uh, interested to see how he does. So that's going to do it for another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast. 
We'll be back in a couple of days. Thanks for listening. Peace.